0: And now I'd like to welcome up Mr. Michael Hansen. All right. Thank you, Jay. He was quick on his feet. He gets an extra mint tonight. He recovered so well. Hey, uh, again, hello to all of you in the room and hello to you that are, uh, those of you that are joining us tomorrow morning online. Uh, So some people, it's kind of a weird thought. Some people are in their PJs right now, sort of future. Okay, uh, don't, we'll stay, let's stay focused. All right, um, uh, we're going to be continuing our series. Uh, Andrew kicked it off last weekend. Uh, we're looking at some parables. And before I jump in and tell you what parable I'm looking at, I've got a question I want to ask <clears throat> just to set it up. And this question is for the kids. So adults, you got to restrain yourself if you can. Okay, kids, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, good, that's good. All right, so kids, imagine if you had to go into this big old barn, okay? Big old barn, and this barn had no electricity, and you you opened the doors, and you looked into this barn, and it was dark, dark, dark. You're looking in, and you can't see a thing, all right? Uh, So before you go into that barn, let me ask you this question. Which one of these things would you want to take into the barn? Ready? Number one. Would you take number one, bing, a hockey stick? Okay. Number two, would you take some Star Wars Lego? Oh, some of you would. Number three, would you take an ice cream cone? Be some be some sale, sales at wits. Or number four, would you take a flashlight? Right. So, which one would you take? Number. A hockey stick, of course. No, you would take a flashlight. You would take a flashlight, number four, right? So, uh, uh, because everyone knows that if you, I mean, you're going to go to a dark place. It's really hard to see. And you know this because you've experienced this at home in your own house. When you're in the dark, uh, you stumble around. You bump into things. You feel off balance. When you're in the dark, uh, 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 you don't see things clearly, You don't see things the way they really are. In fact, uh, many times in the dark, things that are totally harmless, like a pile of laundry, suddenly look really scary. Uh, Or on the flip side of that, in the dark, things that really could be dangerous, like maybe a hole in the ground or something sharp, uh, can look harmless. So in the dark, it's a dangerous place, but when you've got a flashlight... When you've got a source of light, it changes everything. It makes all the difference you uh, see clearly. Uh, So tonight we're going to look at a short parable, a short story where Jesus is talking about light. And most parables, like what Andrew talked about last weekend, most parables start off by saying something like, uh, um, let me get this right. The kingdom of heaven is like... And then it goes on to describe something about God and his ways and the kingdom of heaven ways. Uh, but this story, this parable we're going to look at this evening, is different. Uh, in this one, Jesus isn't describing what the kingdom of heaven is like. In this one, Jesus describes what kingdom of heaven people are like. And kingdom of heaven people or I'll just say, a kingdom person is someone who is a follower of Jesus. A kingdom person is is someone who would call themselves a Christian. So how does Jesus describe a kingdom person? Well, this is our text for tonight. Matthew 5, excuse me, verse 14 says this. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, uh, how does Jesus describe a kingdom person? What did he say right at the top? He said, "You, we are the light of the world," and and that means if you're here this evening, if you're watching online. Uh, and you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a follower of Jesus, Jesus looks at you and he says, hey, do you know that you are the light of the world? And uh, for me, when I hear that, it stirs some questions. Uh, uh, One of those questions is this. Okay, Jesus, so if you're calling us, me, the light of the world, uh, one question is, well, why does the world even need light? Why does the world need that? Well, uh, when you look in the Bible, Darkness is almost never a good thing. Over and over in the Bible, darkness is a sign of evil many times. Darkness is a sign of judgment, uh, a sign of confusion, a sign of hopelessness. Many times in the Bible, someone who is lost is someone who, the Bible would say, is someone who is in the dark. So darkness is not a good thing. And I said earlier, if you were going to go into a dark barn, uh, uh, you know, it's, it can be scary. You can't see clearly. You don't see things as they really are. So uh, someone who is in the dark, what do you need? And kids, we figured that one out. You need light. You need light. And long before Jesus was born... Uh, his arrival on earth was prophesied this way. This is Isaiah 9-2. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And when I look at that verse, that's a, that's a loaded verse. Uh, this prophecy about Jesus tells us two things. It tells us two things in answering that question I asked earlier. It says that without Jesus... Without Jesus, people are living in the dark. Without Jesus, people are living their lives uh, uh, stumbling, feeling off balance, feeling confused. We're living our lives in the dark. Uh, you don't see things as they really are. You don't see clearly. You, you feel uh, lost when you're living in the dark. But that's without Jesus. But with Jesus, the difference is... Now a great light has come. And I love that. Over the, it's like over the horizon of the land of deep darkness, the sun has risen. And as, 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 the, as the song says, uh, we can see clearly now the sun has come. Right, God go with me. I'm just playing on right there. Making sure you're listening. But Jesus, the light of the world, makes all the difference. John eight twelve. listen to what Jesus says. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. Listen to this. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So again, answering that question, why why does the world need light? Well, that's because the world is a dark place. And and so another question though is, wait a minute, from what we just read, it's like when Jesus described a kingdom person, didn't he say that we were the light of the world? And suddenly now he's saying in John 8, what I just read there, he's saying, I am the light of the world. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, here's a simple answer. Uh, uh, we are the light of the world because he's the light of the world. Well, again, what does that mean? So Jesus always knew when, he, when the light of the world came to earth, when he broke into this, this dark place to shine the light, Jesus always knew that he would leave planet earth one day. He knew that he was gonna go back to heaven and when he went back to heaven, he was gonna send the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter two. He was gonna send the Holy Spirit who would now come and fill his followers. And he was gonna empower us to do the work that or to continue the work that Jesus was doing. And so really, Jesus knew that one day he was gonna leave and that the light of the world was gonna come live inside you and inside me, inside the lives of his followers. And so this is super important to remember that the light we shine Into the world is his light. That's the light that we shine. And and this, I hope this is a helpful picture, but think of the, um, think of science class. Think of the sun and how the sun shines on the moon and the moon absorbs the sun's light. And look at this picture. Watch this, look at that, right? The sun shines on the moon, the moon absorbs the sun's light. And then when the sun goes down and that moon comes up, Like the moon is all lit up, isn't it? And there's sometimes at night, the moon is so incredibly bright. It feels almost like a type of daytime. But when you look at the moon and the light that's coming from the moon, the moon that's not the moon's light, is it? The moon is reflecting the light of the sun, the light that it has absorbed from the sun. And and this probably won't surprise you that I'm going here. It's the same for us. If we don't spend time in the light of Jesus, we have no light to shine. You and I have been wired. When God put us together, he put us together, really, in many ways, like the moon, that we're built to absorb and reflect. Absorb and reflect. And, and here's a cool, uh, a cool way to really to, uh to describe or demonstrate that kids if you look in your in your activity bags and I know some of you have already gone through them and categorized thing, alpha, things alphabetically but if you look in those activity bags there's these little gushy things that are in a plastic you got them right and I was so afraid that kids would eat them but they're like they're so much smarter but these are glow-in-the-dark little toys and I know as a kid, well, even as an adult, I love these things. And there's something, they're, these things are phosphorescent. And you can go home tonight with your, and parents will show you how, how this works. But basically, you take that little toy, and, you know, turn on a light, stick it under the light. Just let it sit there for a few minutes. I can't remember. It's been a while. But you sit, let it sit there for five minutes. And then you take it, that little toy, you take it and put it in a dark place. And look at that. Boop, it's going to glow in the dark. If it doesn't, get it, uh, get, we'll, we'll get your money back. But, but it's going to glow in the dark because that little toy has been built to absorb and then to reflect. Well, again, it's the same with us. It's the same with us. We've been built to absorb and reflect. So a good question would be, well, then how do we absorb the light of Jesus? Like, what can we do? I mean, do we all need to go out and buy sun lamps? Or, well, no. But really, how do we soak up or absorb the light of Jesus? Well, I believe we're doing that right now. That's one of the reasons why we gather together. It's one of the reasons why we worship together and and pursue the presence of God together and become aware of the presence of God together. It's when we open the word of God. The word of God is living and active. That should tell us something about just the power of the Bible. We read the Bible, and when we pray, really any activity that we do or that you do on your own that uh, makes you aware of the presence of God I believe that's like that little toy just sitting in the light of Jesus and absorbing. it. as we absorb from Jesus, then we are now able to go out and to shine and be the light of the world. And when you look at it, we're going to read on in our text. When you look at it, for you and I to go out and shine, like it literally is one of the things we were made for. So listen to this. Matthew 5. I'll start at the beginning again. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And then look at this, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, the next thing I'm going to say will either uh, stir anxiety in some of your hearts or, uh, or excitement. I hope it's excitement, but are you aware that God's plan for kingdom people... That God's plan for, you know, people who call themselves Christians, followers of Jesus, are you aware that God's plan for you is that, simply put, he wants to light you up and then lift you up? Do you know that? That he wants to put you on display in this world. Like, the language there just shows, uh, it shows the plans of God that that we're not a town built, like as, as a family, as a church family, we're not a town built hidden away in a valley, are we? This is very purposeful language. We're a town built on a hill, right? It's where everyone can see. Uh, uh, neither do we light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but you, when you light a lamp, you put it on its stand, right? This tells me that there's no such thing, there's no such thing as an undercover Christian. Like, that's just, it doesn't exist, Right? In fact, Jesus goes so far as to say, this light that we've absorbed, the light of Jesus that we carry, is so bright that it cannot, it cannot be hidden. Uh, this light is meant to shine. And, he, and really, he, he appeals to our common sense when he says, like, like come on, who, who would light a lamp and then cover it? Like, why would you do that? Right? His plan is totally to light us up and then to lift us up. And when it comes to us being the the light of the world, when it comes to us reflecting the light of Jesus, you know, the the challenge in us doing that, the challenge isn't on the side of the light. The challenge, and I'll explain this in a bit, the challenge is more on the side of you and I being light bearers. Because as his followers, we really do have a choice of whether or not we'll, we'll be light bearers. I was thinking of the little kid's song, uh, this little light of mine. I might, if I'm feeling it or if it's a good day, let it shine. Right? I mean, that's my own version. But I think we do have a choice in shining our light. So another question, what gets in the way of us shining our light? And one of the commentaries that I listened to, uh, said this, and this is referring back to when I talked about the, the moon absorbing the light of the sun. Do you want to put that other picture up, Eric, please? Uh, sometimes there's something happens called a lunar eclipse where uh, literally the, 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 the moon is on, sort of on the far side of the earth from the, from the sun, and now the, the earth is blocking the light of the sun or really most of the light of the sun. And so if you look at the moon, suddenly the moon's not so bright, is it? Suddenly, the moon uh, is is darkened, and in this commentary, what where this guy was going is his it, uh, what he was trying to say is that the, one of the reasons that we don't shine is because the the cares of this world come between us and the light, come between us uh, and and Jesus, come between us and His plan for us to be. The light of the world. So that's just all our busyness and uh, just the distractions, temptations, just all the stuff of life, the stuff of this world gets in the way of us being light bearers. And, And I think that's one of the reasons why maybe we're hesitant to shine our light, but I believe the deeper reason is that we don't see ourselves as light bearers. Like, we, we don't see ourselves as the light of the world. Like, God says, I mean, what have we been reading? Jesus looks at you and he says, hey, you are the light of the world. But I'm convinced we don't see ourselves that way. I think very few of us wake up in the morning and, oh, sort of sit up in bed and go, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go out and I'm going to shine light into dark places. That's what I'm going to do today. Right? I'm convinced for many of us, we don't go to work, we don't go to school or to the store or wherever we go, whatever we do, I don't think many of us go with, a, with a, a, an understanding or, or conviction or just that sense of purpose that we are the light of the world. But again, I just keep coming back to, but, but wait a minute, this, but this is God's plan. Like I've been saying, God's plan is to light us up and then to lift us up. And it's really interesting to me about us being the light of the world that it's a very strategic We're strategically placed as light of the world. Here's what I mean. Uh, Verse 16 says this. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And you know, when I read that, what jumped out at me was, isn't it interesting in that that Jesus doesn't just say, hey, in the same way, let your light shine. Like, just sort of this general, hey, just come on. If you're going to be my followers, just be nice. Right, like, like, uh, uh, just go out there, be real nice. Don't drink, don't chew, don't be friends with those who do. Like words to live by, and but I'm joking. But it's like, isn't it interesting that it's it's not just this general command, but it's very specific because it says uh, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. I mean, how would that impact your day tomorrow? If you knew that the people you're going to encounter tomorrow, that you've been strategically placed there to shine light, to somehow reflect the light or what you've absorbed uh, from, from Jesus. See, we've been put on display, built on a hill, put on a stand so that others will see and be drawn to the light. I think it's good for us to remember that the, the light that we absorb, like, of course it impacts us, but the light that we've absorbed is not just for us. The light that we have absorbed, it's, it's, it's actually for others. It's so that other people can see the light, can be drawn to the light. For people who don't yet know Jesus, for people that the Bible would say live in darkness and when I say that, I don't mean that like in a judgmental way, like, you know, they're bad. I, but I mean, the Bible would say that these are people that need to be rescued, that they need to be brought into the light, introduced to the light. They need to be introduced to Jesus. And, this, and what this parable, this story of Jesus says is he's saying, and you know what? I want to do that through you. I want to, you know, you are the light of the world and I want to shine through you to other people so that they can see. So, Another uh, another answer to this, what gets in the way of us shining our light? Well, I think for many of us, I I think it's we don't see ourselves that way, but I also think for some of us that we've forgotten that our job is that we are reflectors of the light, not producers of the light. And I hope this makes sense because it really makes sense to me. So uh, that's always a risk. But what I mean is our part in this, and I've been saying this over and over, our part is to absorb and reflect, absorb, and reflect, not to produce. That's not our job. Because in our culture, when you hear produce, you hear performance. And I think some of us to talk about being, you know, uh, shining light stirs anxiety. But I think that that anxiety proves my point that, that like, for one thing, we're, are we not such a performance-minded culture? Like, I would go so far as to say that performance or success is an idol in our culture. We worship success. We worship successful people. That literally is held up like, hey everyone, this is the goal, this is the standard, and for the 99.7%, the rest of us, it's like if you can't reach that, don't even go on the playing field. Just, just stay on the sidelines. And, and I see that sort of that same mentality, I hear that often in the church where we I don't even know where we got the standard from but somehow there's this standard up here and we look at that and we go oh boy like like ah uh, no I'm not really good at praying no I ooh I don't I'm not, I am could not pray for someone or I don't really know the bible well enough or you know I don't know if I'm comfortable talking about Jesus and it's it's sort of like we've disqualified ourselves because of the lack That we see in ourselves and so and many times we remove ourselves from the kingdom playing field, but and I and I get that. But here's something I would say about those things. Like, would you not agree that like we can grow in all those areas, can't we? Do you agree? You do, we get 20 points. We all get 20 points. But we can. We can grow in all those areas. We can grow in, in praying, talking to God on your own. We can grow in praying for others. That's something we do a lot here. We can grow in our understanding of the Bible, reading the Bible, studying the Bible. There's so many things we can grow in. It's really one of the reasons why we gather. It's why we have small groups not the only reasons, but it's one of the reasons. It's why we do equipped classes, et cetera. And, and, and so this, this discomfort, the hesitancy to shine, to shine the little that we have, shows that we've forgotten whose light it is that we're shining, right? We're built to absorb and reflect. It's, we're not the producers of the light. Because think about this. Really, to become a Christian, Think about think about how you became a Christian. Did it not not start by you seeing the light reflected in someone else's life or through someone else's life? You saw Jesus shining through another person. Let me ask you, how many of you became a Christian because you saw something in someone else that was attractive to you? Put up your hand real high, because this, yeah. Okay. Pastornomics, I would say 80% of the room put their hand up. Okay. That's becoming a Christian. And then being a Christian, growing, changing as Christians happens as we spend time in the light. It happens in prayer and worship and, and, you know, gathering together and, and studying the Bible. All these things we do, we're absorbing the light. And then, and then as we live our lives, all the stuff we do going to work, going to school, at home with your neighbors, just all the stuff that we do as we live our lives with the changes the light has made in us. Kindness, patience. We're more generous people. We have a bit more self-control of our tongues, of our tempers, of our decisions. We have a greater sense of self-denial. We're learning to love others. We're learning to, to serve others. We're learning to love our enemies. And all of that is because we've been in the light. We've been absorbing the light. And as we we take that, the the difference the light has made in our lives now shining through us to other people, that is the very thing that will now attract them. They'll see the light. They'll see Jesus shining through us. And they'll be attracted. And it goes on to say that they're going to see that. They're going to see our good deeds, right? And really the light, they're going to see the light of Jesus shining through us and that they're then going to glorify God. It's literally going to draw them to him. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5 says this. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. What good would that do? We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. We've absorbed it. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Like, that is an awesome text. That should be incredibly freeing. Because when Jesus says, hey, you are the light of the world, my followers. I want to shine through you to change the world. Like this text is so encouraging because really what what God is saying to us, he's saying, really, here's what I'm asking. Will you be a jar? Will you live your life like a jar? And it it doesn't even have to be a fancy jar. It can just be a fragile clay jar. It's like the invitation to God is, hey, if you'll, if you'll be that, well, then what I will do in, in response to that is, I'm going to pour into you the greatest treasure. I'm going to pour the glory of God in, into you. It's one of the reasons why we pray come Holy Spirit over and over and over in this church. Because we recognize without you, this isn't possible. We're just not going to do this. And, and understand this. And I don't know if I'm looking out, seeing the foreheads that I do recognize. Uh, understand when Jesus says you are the light of the world, that's for everybody, young and old. It's for everybody who calls themselves a follower of Jesus. It's not, and what I mean is it's not just pastors and missionaries who are the light of the world. It's not just people that, okay, you've been walking with Jesus five years, Now you're the light of the world. It's for everyone who's a follower of Jesus. And and what I saw in this parable, what Jesus is saying to us is, what he's saying is, hey, do you get it that you were made for this? Like, it's it's sort of like Jesus is looking at a bird that's sitting in the nest. He's going, hey, do you realize you were made for so much more? Do you see those things on this? Like, you notice you don't have thumbs? (laughs) Like, those, can I show you what those things are for? Like, do you realize you were made to fly? And that's the invitation I hear in this, that the Lord is saying, hey, I want to invite you into something. Will you be a jar? I'll fill you up and just watch, watch what I do in you and through you. And so let me just get practical as I I wrap up here. Uh, Simple question. What if you lived your life this way? What if you made it a practice of starting your day at lunch or whatever, you know, at at whatever part of the day where you reminded yourself, wait a minute, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. What if you took a posture throughout the day of, okay, Lord, you say I'm the light of the world. I don't feel like the light of the world, but you say I'm the light of the world. So, Lord, would would you light me up? and then lift me up? Would you fill me up and then give me an opportunity to shine today? I wonder, I wonder if we took on that posture each day, if we would experience this more and more and more as we make ourselves available to absorb and then reflect. Why don't we, why don't we stand up? We're gonna stop there. I hope, yeah, I see shadows. Here they come. So we're going to go back into worship and uh, uh, we'll sing a couple songs and then I'll come back. I've got some thoughts, but I would encourage you as we worship, well, this sounds funny, but as much as you can, be a jar, (laughs) you know, uh, write mason on yourself, a mason jar. but, But what I mean is just if it helps, open your hands. It does, it does our hearts good to engage our bodies and just invite the Lord. You know, and as we're singing these songs, you could even have a dialogue like, I'm the light of the world. Well, Lord, teach me something. Come fill me up tonight that I could shine. I could shine here in this place tonight. So let's, let's worship, and then we'll pray in a little bit.